0: Welcome to the second episode of Schooled. I am Nia Hamm, um, and today I am joined by, again, my fiancé, Jason Clark. He won't be here all the time, but he's just joining <laughs> me for the appropriate episodes. Hopefully
1: she's just saying that for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah just the
0: podcast, <laughs> not for life. Because
1: not right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, and thank you guys for listening. Um, today we're also joined by Lisa Velasquez. Correct. I hope I got my Spanish accent right because I'm not. You're I haven't great. done this since high school. You even got so. the sassy face. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah. like the roll. I yes. tried Pim- Pimpsler, the Spanish like learning. It didn't work so well, but anyway. Yeah, okay. So it's Lisa Velasquez. Cool, Lisa. Tell me who you are and a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm Lisa Velasquez. I'm a love coach, speaker, and ladypreneur. I help, help powerful single women reconnect with their self value to get ready for the love life they desire. Thank you. Short and sweet. Purvis Taylor is also that's hard to
3: follow up. (laughs) Come on, Purvis. (laughs) What do you got? Yeah. Purvis
0: Taylor is our other guest today. Purvis, tell us who you are.
3: Well, I am an award-winning life coach, speaker, author, mentor, professional development specialist—all the snaps. Um, And I and I work with everyone from celebrities, executives, everyday people, organizations, entrepreneurs, youth. Uh, Just really to help people transform from good to great. Yes. Awesome.
0: So today's episode is really interesting and also I think very pertinent to today's Zennials, Millennials, Gen Zers, all of that. Um, When we're talking about marriage, but specifically how young adults view perceive and approach marriage and how that is different from perhaps our parents generations or even our grandparents generations. Um, and I feel like it's it's really changed personally and I wasn't mm. alive 50 years ago, but observing my parents, my grandparents, Um, And the way their marriage operated and then looking at my friends who are married and just, you know, as a regular citizen in the world, it looks a lot different. And I also have a lot of friends who are not married and maybe don't want to get married or just Mm -hmm. haven't found the right person for a myriad of reasons. So um, I thought this would be a good segue into this fun marriage quiz I found (laughs) online on marriage.com. Um, to see how ready I am for marriage. Okay. I am a millennial, by the way. I think you'd be a zennial, Jason. That's... But.
1: I didn't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a zennial. I'm a zennial, zennial too.
0: I'm You're a zennial. zennial. Okay. zennial. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. But this applies to everybody, right? So, found this awesome marriage quiz on marriage.com. Ten questions. I'm only going to read five. Um, And similar similar to other quizzes you've probably heard in the past. First question, have you ever lived with a roommate? Yes, I have, and I really didn't like it. That was my answer. Uh, (laughs) Second question, what percentage of your friends are married? Less than 30%. Kind of speaks to what I was talking about before. Yes. Um, Third question, are you happy about your life? I said yes, mostly. Um, Can you cook and handle housework? Mm, That's debatable. I like to think I can cook. Jason might have a different opinion. I think
1: she's a great cook. Okay. Right answer. I think answer. between the two of us, I am the one who does not cook.
0: Okay. Like okay. everybody knows that. And I definitely no, handle the housework. So uh, <laughs> I said, yes, I am an expert. Five. Suppose you got married tomorrow. Would you feel like you missed out on something? Absolutely not. I have lived. I have lived. I am good. <laughs> I am ready for the next chapter. I'll just, I'll just go through all of them because it's quick. Six. How do you like to spend the majority of your time, I said, with my significant other? Seven, what is your view on couple finances? What's mine is theirs. What's theirs is mine. Right? Yeah, that's
1: a whole lot of debt coming your way. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Same here. No, that's a
3: great great mindset Mm -hmm. to have because a lot of people don't have that.
0: If we're going down, we're going down together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eight, do you like shopping sprees and who pays for these? Not so much. I actually hate malls. I'm probably the only woman you'll ever meet that hates malls, but I do. Um, Nine, do you have a steady income? I do. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ten, are you of legal age to get married? Absolutely, and it's none of your business. Okay, so my quiz showed me that I am, not only am I ready for marriage, I am 100% ready for marriage, and I'll tell you what it says about my marriage prospects. It says, you are 100% ready for marriage. There are several signs that indicate your readiness. A, you have a strong need for a significant other in your life, you like to share, you have a healthy relationship with yourself, and your finances are balanced. That's questionable, but okay, leave that there. (laughs) We hope you find the right person soon, or maybe the one is already next to you holding your hand. Jason, what did you score?
1: Uh, I got a 10 out of 10. Cool. But uh, I do think the questions are a little easy. It's like, do you, I think like one of the questions was, um, you know, do you like spending time with someone? And I'm not gonna say no. You know, I mean, of course, I do love spending time with you, but I'm just saying, like, going That's okay through the questions. It's okay if you don't
0: sometimes.
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think all in all, uh, I mean, I think quizzes are great. Um, but I just always felt it's kind of more of you know when you feel like it's the right time, it's the right
0: time. So. What do you guys think about quizzes? I mean, this is a very simplified kind of get-to-know-yourself-and-your-partner kind of quiz, but I think it speaks to, like, the issues that we're talking about, right? Like, how ready are people for marriage? How do you perceive marriage going into it or even just viewing it as a single person sort of thing?
3: Well, I I definitely think one of the things that they ask, and I'm sure you would agree with me, is they ask about your happiness Mm -hmm. in terms—I'm taking it in terms of are you happy with yourself— Not, are you happy with the person? Um, I think the biggest uh, mistake that people think with relationships is that another person is going to make them whole. Mm -hmm. And that's just simply not the case. And so if you can find your happiness and worthiness as an individual, a person adding to that is just bonus. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times, I think the biggest problem that people have today in terms of dating and relationships and marriages is that they're looking for another person to make them happy. Mm -hmm. They're looking for somebody to do something that, Only they can do.
0: So, Lisa, I want to talk to you because I'm a woman and I know. (laughs) (laughs) We have assessed that. that. (laughs) We have assessed that. It is hard out here for us. Um, And we're in New York City right now, for those Mm. of you listening. And it is especially hard for women in New York City, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe in your travels, you you find it's not so hard. I just know myself before I found or met Jason and got engaged. And a lot of my friends have a very difficult time dating, you know, that led to some, you know, dating sabbaticals, you know, just deciding to leave the country kind of thing. And, I wonder why you think that is among young women. Why so? Because it's not just in New York City. It's a lot of women I talk to across the country, whether it's here, Atlanta, you know, a lot of these metropolitan areas. Women are just having difficult times finding. I can tell you why in Atlanta. (laughs) We'll talk about that. Give me five minutes and we'll come back to that. (laughs) But women, especially young women, are having such a difficult time finding a life partner. Women that want a life partner.
2: Well, there's so many different factors. Um, And going back to Jason's point about saying that, you know, it's very important to have happiness coming from the way you're creating your own life. Oh, perfect, yeah. Really looking at yourself from within is where it all starts. But the other piece is with very um, ambitious women, because the women that I work with are ambitious. they're, They're going for their careers. They're pursuing their educations. They're building their businesses. They're, you know, they're heading causes and movements. These are the movers and shakers. So they're, they are the ones specifically coming to me with you know complaints about how hard it is to find a life partner because they are diligent about building their own lives. Mm-hmm. They are very clear about what it is they want. So when they go out in the dating scene, they're like, I'm ready, I got this together, I wanna to meet someone, but they're finding that they're not assessing the people that they're dating or they're assessing the situations, how they're approaching it in a way that has them in alignment with that mm-hmm. so it's not a work project it's not a resume it's not an interview there's I so many things that. like it's like I have this this and this and like but the way you're approaching dating is not coming from a very deep organic authentic place there so you're saying they're approaching it kind of like they're professional and maybe academic absolutely yes so you don't have control over somebody else in the dating scene you cannot say I invested this much time in this project like a like if you're saying about a man right Mm -hmm. or a guy you're dating whatever you want to say like they are like i invested the time i put the work in i've been with him i don't know you need to assess if the person that you're with shares the same love values and standards that you do Mm -hmm. now a lot of the time like what does that mean like i have standards i don't you know i like a guy that has this much money or has this kind of a job or comes from this kind of a background or family whatever it is their their pedigree per se or their 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 resume like that that whole bio thing they picture. good Look
0: good on paper. Look good on paper.
2: Yeah. That man on paper. But the reality is, is that if you're not getting to the core deeply of what it is you're looking for, what your soul really wants in a life partnership, you have to get to the core of what that looks like. And a lot of the time, people don't even see that. They're really just more focused on, we went out, I like him, he likes me, sort of. Why aren't we hitting it off? Mm. So you really got to start from looking at, you know, your beliefs about you your beliefs about relationships and your beliefs about men and how that's setting you up. When you look at that, you need to see what energy you're bringing to every dating encounter, every swipe, every profile, every app, every, you know, connection that you're making. How are you approaching it? What are you bringing? And are you honoring the things you say you want? Because one minute we say, you know, we want a long-term relationship, but we're settling for someone that is keeping us around in a situationship. Right, mm. hanging on, As and situationships. On. That's
0: yeah,
3: that's all. Situationships word. are prevalent wow. in yes, New York City. Yes, they are. Hmm.
2: They are. And wow. I would say that they're they're everywhere because you can hear women in Miami and Chicago say the yeah. same thing. And it's not that that's the end all, be all. It's that a lot of the time, women and people in general, men do the same thing. Because I could tell you stories about that. My my secret men clients that they come to me because they know I know so much about women, and that's why they want to coach me privately. But my ladies, I always want to focus on telling them to. Focus on getting to the core of how you're showing up in dating. If you say you want someone that's healthy because you're healthy, that's your value. But what's the standard? Are you gonna settle for somebody who doesn't eat well and doesn't exercise and doesn't take care of themselves on a mental, spiritual level? Because when you're practicing those things, if you say health is your value, how you practice it is your standard. Mm. That's what you need to be doing.
0: So I want to go back to this point you made about women approaching marriage or the idea of marriage, kind of in a in a very cerebral cerebral sense, mm-hmm. right? Approaching it like a like it's a part of their profession mm-hmm. or a school. Is that something you think our mothers did? Mm.
2: The. Mo- I want to jump in together. Yeah. I thought like we could talk at the
3: same yeah. time. No, I, I just want to say just one thing. Yeah, go ahead, please. I, I I think I think the issue with that is like what she said. That's the thing that we can control.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We cannot control someone's heart mm-hmm. and how how they're going to receive us. But we can't control how much money how much money time and effort I put into this business because I know that I'm going to yield something back from it. Mm-hmm. I can't say the same thing if I invest time into you that I'm going to yield something back from you. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem is, and to go a little bit deeper, you hit on every single mark with my clients in particular i tell my female clients and male clients who are looking to date understand what is your underlying need right Mm -hmm. the reason why a lot of women want a man who makes a certain amount of money is because they grew up in an unstable household Mm -hmm. where the man where the father probably didn't provide or they grew up in poverty Mm -hmm. or they grew up money was always an issue Mm -hmm. so you have to be clear about what is your most underlying need and for some people, their need is not money. Their need is, I need somebody who I can depend on. Mm. So you can have a woman who makes six figures, but her husband makes like $30,000, but he's always there for her. And that's what her need is. So it's like you have to be very clear about what your most underlying need is. And that goes back to you being self-aware and dealing with and unpacking those things that we don't want to deal with. Because the problem is it shows up in relationships. So it turns a need turns into a want. And it's really a need because you need somebody like you guys need each other. It's not that you want each other. You want <laughs> each other. Right. But you guys are going to get married. You guys are going to need he's meeting a need of yours and she's meeting a need of yours. Mm-hmm. Not a want. There is wants. Maybe a under- couple con-
0: of needs, actually. A couple of needs. <laughs> but you, un- yeah. you understand yeah. what I'm
3: saying is like what you said, what you said was very powerful. You said was mine is yours and was yours is mine. And we're going to go down. We're going to go down together. That is powerful.
0: Yeah, we're also going to die together. He doesn't know
3: that. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that people don't think that deep. Am I am I right? Oh, you they, are so right. Yeah, you they don't, are so they, don't right. they don't they don't think that level. So they're just like they they put themselves in situationships a lot of time also to protect their hearts. Oh, yeah. So some, you know what I mean? So like yeah. people put themselves in confusion. so impossible that they don't relationships impossible relationships that
0: they know re- will not last. Yeah, so yeah. they can
3: just protect their hearts right. just to say, "Oh, I'm not here trying." And then they come to us, they come to coaches, and I'm like, really, what, what's the truth? Like, so, what's, so hurt, what's hurt So how is all heart? of
0: this different from the way our parents approach dating and relationships and then ultimately marriage? Where, Where's, you know— Well,
2: things were set up a different way back then. I mean, yeah. there's just so many paradigms we can get into. But I want to answer your question and jump on a piece that you said, the underlying— what was the other word need the underlying need i talk to my clients about underlying agreements yeah. because a lot of the time when you say you want a relationship and you don't have it it's because there's an underlying agreement that you you have a yeah. commitment you made to something else out of fear to mm-hmm. protect yourself Absolutely. so there is when you let go of that commitment you can let the love commitment in and that you get to create a new empowered commitment to what you actually want to have
3: and understand what love is
2: exactly and when you really want to focus deeper like when I do an opening with my clients we do something called love breakthrough so when we do love breakthrough we look at your whole background but the biggest part about it is what was your love story your love example because there was something you saw okay? growing, there was, up. growing up mm-hmm. there was a love example that you saw that led to you creating a love identity, and then that's your love story. And that's the story you tell. There aren't enough men. I can't that's count on a man. You're creating Everybody a cheats. Yeah. You saw something that happened to someone else, and that's something you created a whole protection around that with the whole independent woman thing. Like, there's, like, a label of it. Not versus, you know, it's not the part I'm talking about where you're independent and you can take care of yourself. But
3: independent but, is saying you don't need a man. Exactly, you don't need a and man. you're but, attracting that.
2: But that other part, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's the part of I don't need someone to make me whole. It's not about a man. It's about needing people to make you whole. You don't need that. So that's really the basis for it. And that could be because literally what you just said before, there may have been a father figure, a male figure that wasn't there that they couldn't depend on. So someone got, you know, they saw it and they and, Develop that the part about marriage i feel like there was when my mom was growing up and my parents are baby boomers they are 30 years older than me so seeing them be married for over 45 years is like Mm, whoa Mm -hmm. so seeing that they share the same values for marriage for family for relationship is completely different and my mom being raised to be A good woman right like you know you honor your family you take care of your kids you you cook and clean you also work whatever did you need to contribute my father my parents are both from Puerto Rico they were both born there they're both um well I'm first generation because they were born there so they had those same values and that's why they came together it's funny because they got married in the 70s and they didn't have kids right away they waited three years Mm. and I had asked my father why did you wait three years everybody else is having kids right away he goes well those people were getting divorced. Yeah. So I wanted, and so did your mom. My she wanted to take thing. their time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To see our relationship exactly first. What my did too, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And yeah. then his have parents kids. parents waited
2: nine years. Wow. Yeah.
1: And they I, had fun. <laughs> I'm sure. well, his dad was
0: in med school, right? Right. Yeah.
1: And I mean, they met when they were in college. So my mom was a freshman, and my dad was a uh, a junior, and that was it. You know, <laughs> ever since then, they've uh, been together, and they've always seemed to be um, pretty happy. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you know that—that's what I'm thinking about. Like when we're hearing these things, and just when I've—I don't know. I, I feel like I've had a pretty simple approach when it comes to stuff. Like I think you know, for my life, you know, I try to plan things, be very sp- particular about it. But I feel like other times you just kind of have to just be open and be available and be, you know,
3: well, we'll also think about it. also think like. For our parents right my parents would my father passed away like 14 14 years ago um but they would still be married to this day sure i also i think also part of the 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 benefit and the i say the curse of it is like they didn't have as many options mm-hmm. as, there you we, go. as we yeah. have, as we as go. we as we have today right
0: and and that's what i was and so get like
3: to my hear. so my so my mother you know mother is dope and she's fly she she did, she couldn't be Michelle Obama. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I'm saying? Yes. And so, like, I'm not saying that she settled for my dad and my dad settled for her, but I just think that during that time, they were just coming out of, you mm-hmm. know, like separate water fountains. Like it was just, you know, it was coming into a certain space where you were as couples, you had to cling to one another because we didn't have the the access to life coaches. You didn't have the access to therapists. You needed somebody, you needed community, which was great, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think that's lacking today. But I also feel like the blessed part of it is is that they know what for better or for worse means. Right. right? Yeah. Right. And and we're not and and Mm -hmm. and millennials I don't think are willing to deal Mm -hmm. with no. Hell the worst no. part. Well, <laughs> the worst part. The worst part, which is which is part of a marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you said, if we go down, we're going down together. I, I've encountered a lot of millennials who do not have that mindset because the way life has been set up for them is that they have access to success a lot sooner mm-hmm. than, my, than us, oh, than yeah. our generation. And mm-hmm. I was just
0: talking to somebody about that last night <clears throat> I met. Um, I was actually coming back um, from... Uh, upstate New York and I saw somebody I went to high school with and we were we're both engaged actually um, and we were just talking about what it is about our generation and why we have so many issues finding somebody who we're compatible with like actually compatible with and one of the things we mentioned is that idea that people are so disposable for people in our peer group you have Literally people at your fingertips, whether it's through the internet, there are so especially in metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. there's are so many resources for entertainment. Um, communication is instantaneous now. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates this mindset that people are disposable and there's always somebody better. So you <laughs> don't <laughs> want yeah, like you don't no, see the value right. you in the person right. who's in front of you, you don't. because you're always thinking what else is because out there. Because the
3: culture is so instantaneous, right? Instantaneous. So we have yes. Instagram. So like literally, we're talking right now, and bam, somebody can see us talking right now. Yeah. And so that's how we treat people. Right. Yeah. And so what that does, that creates a, the narrative. i polyamorous. Mm-hmm. So like, I I can't just love you. I gotta love him. I gotta love her. I gotta. You know, I gotta love him. I that's gotta love her. Over there. Other you, no, 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 <laughs> no. But but you but you understand what I'm no. saying. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's why stuff like that is on the culture at hand is having a huge effect on how we see how we view relationships. Yeah. So and the
2: deeper, people. yeah, and the, people. the deeper issue, even going going into polyamory, and everyone has something to say about it. And I know a lot of people that are polyamorous. Um, and the deeper issue with so many people wanting to have so many different connections is that they don't want to get hurt. So if you have wow. somebody on standby all the time. <laughs> OK, um, and, and absolve
3: themselves of responsibility. Responsibility.
2: Yeah. That's all. Oh, that's <laughs> could be here all day. I know. Yeah. But we need getting getting into the piece, even getting into the piece of people that I've spoke with, people that I've interviewed, people that I've worked with and case studied. The deeper, deeper issue was the love they weren't getting as children.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: there is always this. I have enough love to go around. We can all just love each other. Let's all be together so I can never be alone. Mm-hmm. So the other part is, why are you afraid to be with yourself? So when you as get that's into a bad yeah, when exactly. you get as if it's a bad thing, it's not. It's a great thing when you are with yourself to get to know yourself because you're going to be with yourself more than anyone else. Exactly. And, and once the funny
0: thing is about that, not to interrupt you, but just to piggyback off of that, we have so much access to social media and studies actually show the more you engage in social media, the
2: lonelier you feel. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's like we're always trying to fill that void. Yeah. You know? Yes. So even what... What I'm getting at is not polyamory is bad. I want to be clear about that. But what I'm seeing is it looks like a polyamory culture, and it's not. Mm -hmm. Because polyamory is people that are in love choosing to be in that relationship more than one person. But it has a polyamorous feel in the sense that I love you, I love this person, I love that person. But the biggest thing that the millennials complain to me about is what is it with the culture of men that want to you to be in a relationship with them but they want to be single. Oh. So yeah. there's this culture of I am yeah. being fully committed and investing in a person that doesn't want to be with me.
3: It ain't just millennials. No, it's
2: not. But <laughs> right. they're the ones, yeah. but they're the ones being straight up and honest, honest about, about it. Because yeah. millennials and Gen X won't say it because mm. yeah. there's a lot of pride there. And this we've been through the I've invested in you. I've chosen to stay with you. I don't know what's going on because yeah. we're we're taught to give our all. Like I was that raised to give my all. That's true. But because I'm in the middle, like I'm a millennial right I know better than to lose myself. You're being pulled in different directions. Exactly. So so that's what I wanted to ask
1: because (laughs) I feel like what you're saying I've heard a lot from a lot of friends who are guys. Where I mean, they all want to, you know, get married and have kids and have like many them's at some point. But you know, tomorrow or like in a couple of weeks. I mean, right now. You know like I, I'll really focus on that like in the future but then the next thing you know it's been like a year it's been a couple of years and it's almost like you went down this road where you don't know how to go back from having all of these options available you know recognizing that you know you'll you know especially if you don't want to for example end up having kids or starting a family when you're like way older in your life so how do you hold, get well, to hold that th- thought,
0: because here we go this goes into my next point and um, speaking of, a study by Gallup in 2014 found that only 16% of, of uh, adults ages 18 to 29, which is still, in my opinion, pretty young for yeah. marriage, but were um, were married. Uh, so 64% of that age group was single. So, I mean, I think there's room, you know, you still have some years if you want to get married. It's pretty young. But it it's still, you know, speaks to the issue of the idea that millennials are not getting married in the the, I guess, Numbers that their parents, maybe the baby boomers, were getting married. But you, Purvis, you wrote yeah. a book. You <laughs> co-wrote a book yes. with, what, five other men? Seven. seven men. Yeah. About this very topic that Jason just mentioned. That's what um, I was about. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it, the idea that, you know, we as women, we feel like men just don't want to settle down a lot of times. So what did you find when you wrote this book?
3: Well, that's that's not true. You know there are men who do want to settle down right i think also you have to be very conscious of the narrative right like we were talking about that there's no good men like mm-hmm. there's a narrative that's out there that's, that women just believe that there's no good men there are out there. all men, men cheating. There. there are great men out there i'm a great man you know what i mean so it's like he's a great man you know what i mean so it's not true um to what jason was saying and this is across the board a lot of people just do not want to deal with responsibility we do not want to be responsible for how we treat each other we do not want to be responsible for another person we don't we don't want to be responsible for another person's heart you know what i mean so it's like we w- we want involvement without commitment wow and so everybody's so everybody's afraid of commitment wow
2: is yeah. that right? like is that a symptom of being yeah, a young because, adult well i'll say this well, <laughs> no I'm, i think I'm it's gonna, in general yeah, i'm gonna speak on it about men to just add to this conversation yeah. that piece is that For men, from what I've seen working with men, growing up with men, like literally so many men in my life, cousins, uncles, friends, best friends, it's the loss of freedom. There's this idea yeah. that you are losing your freedom when you commit. And what women know and what men who are woke know when they keep working. And I say working because every day you're working on yourself. Absolutely. Is that you're not losing freedom. If you look at it from a perspective of what you're going to be gaining, gaining in the commitment. You're
3: gaining so much more than what you. Exactly. What, yeah.
2: You're gaining so much more access to Power within yourself, someone to have your back, and we're S- talking about a healthy relationship, healthy yeah. relationship, marriage potentially. It isn't. See, yeah. I would say a partnership because what I'm teaching the women that I work with and everyone is that there is no marriage without partnership. Partnership,
3: you hit the. I'm about to. There's <laughs>
2: not <laughs> that's the collection plate. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's no. What but you said it's, it's true. It, you, everyone goes, oh, you, you know, you're gonna get married. I'm like, if it's not a partnership, don't come see, to me. See, I have that. a
3: partnership exactly, and see, that's what I. Know, you guys have a partnership, and that's mm-hmm. why it's like I like. But that's why couple. she's
2: saying we're going down together because down she's together. clear that we're a part of each other. And don't yeah.
0: get me wrong. I try to keep the ship afloat. That is the goal. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Have, but not, no. But that's no, no, not that's what we that's, that's not what
2: yeah. we're saying. Yeah, we're
3: absolutely. saying that you have already identified like I'm an individual, but he we're collectively something together, but we're also individuals. You guys are interdependent, not yeah. codependent. And the, which the funny is, part
0: is like the whole engagement thing for us was actually a, a huge surprise for me, even though I kind of thought it might happen sometime soon. But in my mind, I wasn't married to the idea of having to be married because I just was so happy I was in a healthy relationship. And so it was, you know, the thing, the pressure came from my age, you know, feeling like I'm getting older, I'm not getting younger. But it wasn't like I felt like he had to propose. He felt the opposite. He thought I I was sending signals. Every day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I I have a question for Jason Hall.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I just want to go back to your point Mm -hmm. about partnerships, right? So do you think today in 2018, since a lot of young adults are not getting married as frequently as their parents where do you think partnerships are more important? Do you think uh, marriage rather holds the same value as it did maybe 40, 30
2: years ago? What, where do you, th- I don't, don't think, think there don't are, think are examples. Even, I don't think exactly. There aren't examples. Um, a lot of the time relationships, healthy relationships and commitments are not seen as something, Po- Posit- not positive. No, but, you, but no, you're other, right. The other part of it is, I have this joke that I always say, somebody ran to the CDC from this generation and said, feelings are a disease yeah. because they have you, oh my God, oh my God. I can't like you because <laughs> if I catch feelings, I'm going to have a disease. You're someone's going to hurt me, I'm going to have a disease because I had feelings. Mm-hmm. So that whole phrase catching feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really That it. is such a I negative. I look cool. Yes. If I feel for you, I look weak.
3: Exactly. And And, that's that's also what I was going to add to is like we're so image driven. Right. So it's like I can't be vulnerable. Vulnerability is viewed Mm -hmm. as a weakness when vulnerability is actually a strength. Right. Right. So as a man, I can't look like I'm in love with my with my woman. That's going to make me look. You know what I mean? That's it's gonna make deep. me look. No, but it, people deep. are into appearances more so than they are their own hearts and their own emotions. Do you
0: think social media has anything? Yes, oh, absolutely. Social
3: media has everything to do with it, and wow. it's like and like how you said they're really not a good examples of marriages um, that are out there. You know, you look at loving hip hop people. I have a young man who is a great young man. He was dating a girl, actually a girl in this church, and she said to him, "I want my relationship to be more like loving hip hop." Oh God! Like I, <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean. People think you know a lot of. And and you know this. Some women confuse intensity and drama with love.
2: Oh my God! They think it's passion. They think it's, it's passion, and it's not. It's just, and it's drama, not. And it's just drama
3: and nonsense. But it's like people want that. People want it's that excitement. It's funny
0: because I have had friends that you know I'll try to set them up with somebody who I think would not hurt them. You know, yeah. and they'll say I'm not interested, and I'm like, why? And they're like, girl, you know, we don't like them nice guys. And it always boggles the mind. Like, so do you like having your heart broken? Do you like somebody cheating on you? I. And Do you want him to
2: treat you like crap? I don't. It's not get just a love and hip hop thing. It's it adds to that. Like it, that's one yeah, way yeah, to see. No, no, no. I wanted to say that that's one aspect that on that because show. it's on. <laughs> <laughs> that's one aspect of it. In a sense, they're seeing it in front yeah. of them. Yeah. But they also have seen that at home. So they've seen the push-pull at home. They've seen someone not be there at home. Um, It's really important to look at the examples that you see in your daily life because the examples I saw in my daily life were healthy. They weren't perfect. They were healthy, healthy as they could be, because there came a point in time where I developed ideas and love examples and my own love stories based on what I saw my own personal experiences. But if you have things you need to work on and heal, you need to do that inner work. Take that time to do it. That's the most important thing. Nobody wants
3: to do the work. And that's, like, for me, like, as a, as a, um, I, I have a master's in clinical psych, right? And so really my thing is about unpacking those those things that have hurt us that those traumatic experiences that led us to become who we're supposed to you know who we, who sure. we become and we and so, cannot like,
0: find a partner and we cannot until we find do that. a
3: partner you can find somebody right but they may not be at the right time because you didn't deal with yourself right and what you don't deal with mutates and it shows up in your relationships yeah, yeah. you know I what I mean I completely agree I have a master's in clinical psych too so yeah, yeah, I feel so, like so he you and know, I yeah. are like yeah. wow. we're like siblings yeah, so in trauma, some way. <laughs> yeah so trauma so trauma mutates and it shows up in other ways that you don't expect it to show up
0: and i feel like not just the trauma but like you said your childhood experiences which they
2: color your adult yeah. like all of your they adult, definitely right? do and people take that into their relationships and a huge part of that is why they're having the same experiences over in and over again yeah. over and over and that's the piece and you know i don't care if you're 46 or you're 26 if you have the same beliefs you had from growing up Everything is going to re- repeat. It's going to rotate. You're going to be attracting the same situations. They don't stop until you do the inner work. And then after you do that beginning inner work to heal, when it shows up, that is your job to say no. Exactly. If, if you don't say no, it will
3: keep, it will keep showing up. Back. So there's a law called the law of sympathetic resonance, right? So essentially is what she said. Whatever you vibrate, there's a vibration, an equal vibration waiting out there to meet it. Mm-hmm. So that's a law, right? We are here. I you know am, I mean? I am so all it's, for that. You know yes. I mean? so, it's a, so it's a law. It's, so it's like if you don't say no when you know better to say no, then you have set yourself up. And then there's no point in us coaching you because right. you made the choice to be stuck on stupid, as wow. my daddy would say.
0: Wow. So, okay, because um, we're getting down to the wire here. What is it that you can tell Zennials, Millennials, Gen Zers Um, From your perspective in this work, doing this work, coaching people every day of your lives, how can you help them establish their life so that they can, if they want marriage, fine, if they want a partnership, fine, but so that they can manifest, I guess, what it is that they want out of a potential partner or a relationship, given all of the things that seem to work against young adults today, like social media, like, you the know, culture. this seem, seemingly um, narcissism epidemic. You know, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> all right. Go. But
3: go. I will say I will I will I will say this like you're not the first person who is damaged. Right. Because all of us are are damaged in some way. Deal with yourself. That's that. That's the only thing I, I I can say is like do the work and deal with yourself. Get unpack those things that need to be unpacked, and then once you do that, life becomes so much easier. Trust me, mm. my clients she can tell you I I can bring all my clients in here. Their lives are operating so much better once they began to deal with themselves. They got relationships and then more. Mm. So when you are mindful of yourself, you don't have to pursue things that you can attract.
2: Mm. Wow. I you know I want to say that looking at it from a place of maybe some things are broken but definitely not you like really looking at maybe broken agreements I always say you've broken agreements with yourself Mm -hmm. so look at that so you get to look at when you finally get to start making these commitments to yourself recommit to yourself but I want you to first look at where you are in your love life and look at the results you have Mm -hmm. and what that really means is Ownership of your choices, take ownership of that because what you have right now is because of the things you've chosen to do over time. Okay. The second piece, don't beat yourself up about that, but get clear about what it is that you want. Do you want a relationship? Do you want to get married? What does that look like for you? Okay, so now that you know that you may want those things, what do you need to start doing in your life to clear the emotional space and the physical space and in your plan life? And execute. Stop, exactly. yeah, stop being with the people you know are not gonna change and you're not gonna change them. Accept it as it is so you can actually have what you want. So you clear that emotional space and the physical space. And the last piece is that you're gonna be getting ready. So in that process of getting ready, you're gonna start behaving in ways that are in alignment with what you wanna be doing. In alignment, like if I want a relationship, I need to not be saying yes to booty calls, <laughs> to being a jump off, yeah. to be going back and forth with my ex-boyfriend or with someone right. that's unsure. What are the things you need to do? What are the values you need to put into place? And what are the standards you need to adhere to to have them stay that way? You got That's the only way you're going to shift things in your life.
0: Very, very powerful, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We are unfortunately out of time. I always wish we had more time because we can go on forever. Um, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Schooled, everyone in podcast land. Follow us on Twitter. Um, Our handle is at Schooled Podcast. Our title is Schooled. On Facebook, also at Schooled Podcast. And on Instagram, um, same thing. <laughs> and thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Purvis. Thank you for, thank being you here for having my us. My other half. Thank you for joining me again. And everybody, we will see you next time.
2: Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.